Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Lior Gans. He is the founder of the Wealth Research Group, which you can find out more about at wealthresearchgroup.com. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Lior. Hey, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Just give people a little bit of background about people who haven't heard of you before. Uh, You've run many businesses in many places. Just kind of give them a brief uh, rundown of how you come to where you are today. Uh, Sure. Um, I think uh, the pivotal moment in my life was around age 13 when my father's business went under. And um, I was basically forced to to get into the workplace. I started by... uh, selling clothes at, at a clothing store, uh, painting decks, babysitting, coaching basketball, uh, delivering uh, pizzas when I was uh, 16 and I had the, the license. And um, I saved. That was uh, a big, uh, important part of my teenage uh, life, saving. And I know many teenagers, you get money, you go spend it, right? You, you, you literally, um, teenagers don't save. And I had a bank account. I had everything. Um, and at age 16, the banker said, "Look, you have you've saved in three years. You've saved about twenty thousand um, dollars. You you should get a waiver and have your parents sign it, and you can trade stocks." And this was June 2000. So three months after the dot com bubble burst, uh, obviously I, I knew that in retrospect, but um, it turned out to be a great time to get involved in uh, in, in investing, etc. And that's when I started, age 16. That was 19 years ago. And um, that started me on a path of learning. So I, I really started reading. Because I was 16, I was in high school. All I knew was, hey, you pick up a book, you read. So instinctively, I wanted to invest in businesses, invest in real estate, etc. I started reading and I devoured like 100 books uh, in the first year. And like by age 18, I, I really ran through hundreds and hundreds of books um, and I think that what that's what prompted me to go into business and to go into uh, investing full time. And about three years ago, I said, "Look, this uh, this does not get any better with regards to financial education in school systems and everywhere else. It's it's just an epidemic. And shows like yours are the solution." And I said, "Look, I I'm going to do my part. I launched WealthResearchGroup.com. It's a free financial newsletter. Was ranked number one in the world in 2017, 2018 for." Um, many uh, of our uh, stock recommendations and and whatnot, but we also do a lot of macro stuff, and that's where uh, that's kind of a recap of how how it all happened for for myself. Very good. Oh, let's kind of start with a broad view of the economy. Now we've just had this trade deal announced between the U.S. and China. Just give mm-hmm. us your your evaluation of that trade deal. Is it real? Is it going to be significant? What what is your take on that trade deal? Um, well, first of all, it's it's called a phase one. Uh, there were a few topics that were covered in that um, agriculture. That was like the the big win for Trump because that's that talks to the to his real voters, like the heartland, uh, those people that really. Um, if if you protect them, then you have this image of protecting the, the America and the real America. So what he did was he uh, he had inside of the deal a record-breaking amount of agriculture, agriculture supply, uh, and all that kind of stuff 
so that's one thing. That's that's really political. In terms of money, we're only talking about about thirty or forty billion dollars. Nothing significant, but it's a really it's a political win. Uh, the meat and bones are uh, the the IP stuff was covered in there partly, um, which is the big deal with China stealing internet intellectual property. Uh, the second thing that that was uh, big was financial services. So how American banks and banking banks in general can enter China and and, uh, and vice versa. So that's that's a big part of that deal. And but but the the major uh, win about it is that it opens the gates for the rest of it, and that's what I think uh, is going to be more significant. Uh, how they deal with other things that. Uh, China, China's way of thinking basically imposes on the West. And if that will be done, it will be a very monumental um, deal in general. What would it do for your life or my life? Uh, you know, in, 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 um, if we look individually, not much. We're not talking about something that is life-altering for the average person. But as, as a global economy, talking about GDP, trade, is uh, you can go back to the to the Bible, of course, and trade is, is as important as it gets. Trade between countries grows wealth. It grows progress. Everything we have is through trade. But um, it, it is critical that uh, if China, now the second largest country in the world in terms of its economy, 15% of global GDP, and rising uh, towards 2027, it will be at par with the U.S. for the size of its GDP. So it's going to be the, the largest economy on the planet in, in less than a decade. What uh, America and the West are are making sure that it, if that's the case, there are standards that are imposed which do not apply to emerging markets. In emerging markets, uh, a lot of countries are able to do things that in the West are, are definitely a no-no. But uh, if China wants to be westernized and be considered a top country, it has to meet those standards. Uh, that's what this deal is really about, how to bring China into the 21st century, Jordan. So you think it's going to work and it's going to be enforceable and there'll be a positive relationship between the U.S. and China? It's been negative. We've been imposing t- tariffs on each other and had retaliation. you think this is going to turn the tide? Well, I think it, it goes f- much deeper than that, and the trade deal will not change cultures. That's not what the deal is about. The deal is, you can think about it as uh, a pact between two polar opposites. And the pact is uh, to create some checks and balances between them. If you, if you, uh, I created a, a report especially for for your listeners about these topics. If you go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash epic, you will, uh, it's a it's a report that I wrote about the epic duel between these two countries. The, it's a, it's a dual, it's a dual in terms of philosophy. It's a dual in terms of culture, in terms of economies. It, it's, it's, it's a showdown between two very different empires. Uh, if you do not, um, know about the history of China, that country has been an empire for 
thousands of years except for when it got so rich and powerful that it that it created this wall the china wall and and segregated itself from the world but stuff that were was invented in europe during the industrial age uh, it was already invented in China hundreds of years prior to that. They were really advanced, and then they made a colossal mistake of closing themselves out um, and trying to protect that wealth. So, you know, if you go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash epic and and uh, wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash mega, make America great again, you'll see two things that Trump is uh, doing in terms of how to make sure that America knows it's not going to be the number one economy in terms of its size. Uh, and that's fine. It doesn't need to be number one in terms of its size as long as it's growing uh, and as long as China doesn't threaten the growth. And that's the big um, issue of the day. How can uh, there be a pact between two very different nations and still it will uh, be very good for the entire world? The, the tariffs are not good for the for the world for so many reasons they're a negotiation tactic yeah what are some of the investment op, uh, uh, options that come out of this particularly are there some things you'd want to invest in in china through uh, you know, the big companies tencent and alibaba and baidu and so on so wh- what are some of the specific investments coming out of the deal if assuming it goes ahead well well i think uh, tencent and tencent and uh, alibaba are, are companies that uh, um, they've had so much growth already. Uh, this this is two, three, four years ago. I think Tencent is still um, a, a company that, that is worth uh, looking into. Um, many companies have suffered uh, due to the, the trade war and will likely get a really great bounce. I'm not talking about companies that you want to invest in uh, for decades. Uh, some of them could be, but there are many that uh, have suffered so much that any trade agreement would bounce the stock by 30, 40, 50%, etc. So we're not talking about a, a 10 year down the road, but a, a few months to a year, etc. These sort of a short, shorter term so, so trades could be real. What are some specific oh, companies you think might bounce on the next? Yeah. Time? Okay. Well, one company that I really like is called Expeditors of Washington. Um, the ticker is EXPD. I really like that company. I actually invested in it um, a few years ago. It's it's already doubled from the price that I paid around 34 uh, a share. It's now 75. But the thing is, it's it's a stellar company, really the best of its kind. So in my opinion, what it does is freight forwarding, and that uh, plays into the trade. So many investors have shun away from it because there are so many. Uh, trade problems, but essentially uh, all the big companies in the world that uh, deal with China and in Asia uh, use expeditors of Washington for uh, freight forwarding. It, it, that is a really, really difficult business. Um, if you try to, as a company, yeah, if you try to to do all of that paperwork yourself, it's going to drive you nuts. And not only that, but expeditors is a special company. Um, and, and they help big, big firms reduce the cost, reduce delays, reduce the paperwork, everything. Um, and they're not that big. It's an $8 billion operation. Uh, the stock price is 
outperformed the S&P 500 since inception uh, in a major, major way. So I think the, the company is set for a beautiful future, and um, that's one company that, I, that I'd look at. Right. Um, Let's leave another, it back. We're going to a break. We'll, we'll come back after this uh, break. Uh, this is sure, Jordan John. Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Lior Gans. He's the founder of the Wealth Research Group. You can find out more at his website, wealthresearchgroup.com. We'll be back after this. If you're still using one of those big wireless providers in 2019, have you asked yourself what you're paying for? Between expensive retail stores, inflated prices, and hidden fees, you're being taken advantage of because they know you'll pay. Enter Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile provides the same premium network coverage you're used to, but at a fraction of the cost because everything is online. Mint Mobile saves you on retail locations and overhead, then passes those savings directly on to you. I got Mint Mobile on my phone, and it provided a very clear signal wherever I go, and it saved me about $150 a month over what I was paying before. Mint Mobile makes it easy to cut your wireless bill down to just 15 bucks a month. Every plan comes with unlimited nationwide talk and text. With Mint Mobile, stop paying for unlimited data you'll never use, and choose between plans with 3, 8, or 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts. Ditch your old wireless bill and start saving with Mint Mobile. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the, pl- the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash moneyanswers. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash money answers. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash money answers. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Lior Gans. He's the founder of the Wealth Research Group at wealthresearchgroup.com. Welcome back to the show, Lior. Hey, thanks. So we talked about China and the U.S. A, a big move lately has been the precious metals, gold and silver. Uh, why do you think they've done so well, and what is the future like, and do you think you should play it 
with physical metals or the mining stocks, what's the best way to play a move in gold and silver? So uh, September 2018, um, I bought my last batch of uh, gold eagles. I bought 50 gold eagles. And um, it was a week before gold bottom. Gold bottom at uh, eleven. $180, and I bought them for 1200 So it's been a nice run, um, about 25% up. But, Jordan, here's the, the incredible thing. Gold bottom in September, then silver in November of 2018. Then you had the brutal December. The metals did not uh, inversely correlate to the bear market, so it didn't shoot up in December. They actually started shooting up in January when it was um, apparent that the Fed will stop hiking. They, they paused. And then they really, really took off in anticipation of a rate cut, uh, which historically the first rate cut after a pause is what prompts um, this sort of a move. So if you're asking me what prompted this incredible move higher, and it is a big, big move that, that they've had, um, it is because of a pause and then a rate cut. So now that that's done with, that has played a lot into their prices. Um, in general, what I do personally, and you can go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash gold playbook for uh, my entire strategy on precious metals um, and download that. The uh, With precious metals, what I do is I take the, the net worth of uh, what I have, and I either, there's a two very various ways, either take 5% of it and convert it into gold and silver in physical form and use that simply as a hedge uh, for for the rest of your portfolio and, and just in general, it's, it's, it's in general, it is an alternative to cash. That's one way. The second, the second way that I've done it uh, in the past few years is that I've taken my monthly burn rate in terms of cash, the family unit, let's say it's uh, $5,000 a month, for example. You multiply that by 24, so two years, and you take two years worth of your lifestyle burn rate and you convert that into physical precious metal. So in, in this example, you do 24 times $5,000, it's $120,000, and you converted 80% to gold, 20% to silver, and that's it, you store it. But, but that to that extent, that is an insurance, a hedge, nothing more. It is not a trade. So that's one way that I deal with precious metals. But well, how about the mining uh, stocks? Because those are more yeah, than gold itself. Yeah, definitely. So with with that in mind, um, Wealth Research Group, the newsletter, what it does, uh, what I do in my own life, uh, I spend many, many hours speaking with CEOs of mining companies, um, meeting them, uh, building relationships with um, with key individuals in the mining space. And what it does is it helps to create positive leverage on the way up uh, when these companies are able to create momentum. And it uh, makes, makes sure that we know when the times are not good. How do you know? Well, the most important thing with mining stocks is the people. So yep. if, if you look at the mining space, Jordan, there are probably thousands of companies out there in, in the public markets, Canada mostly, but there are about 20 people that are worth investing in, um, in terms of 
making sure that you're not speculating. Many, many companies will succeed. The CEO would succeed in his first go around, but you can't, that's a spec, you can't bet on that. If you look for the serial winners, that's what we do. We look for companies and CEOs that have already done it. And this is a new project or a, or a secondary project or a, a way to get in on, on a new deal, et cetera. So the people are first, projects are second, Location, so jurisdiction is third. And then how's the company financed in terms of insider ownership? I want to know uh, that the people involved have a ton of skin in the game. Um, and then if you have those four, then what you look for is obviously five valuation. You look for companies that trade very, very cheaply. So either after a big, big move down or just in general, if you look at their peer comparison, they're very cheap. And if you have those five components, then you really have a situation where if in the near term there are catalysts, uh, for example, anticipation of drilling results, uh, a big capitalization move that can help uh, the company advance. If you have those six, then there's a green light. We, so we just featured a company. Yeah, two examples okay. that meet all five of those criteria. Well, first of all, my four horses for uh, the mining space have always been the same. So I, I have four companies that I always hold and through thick and thin, and it's done incredibly well. In, in fact, Jordan, one of these companies is the best performing company in the stock market overall, mining or otherwise, better than Apple, Google, et cetera, since 1991, the best performing stock in the world. Uh, if you go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash 4W, so four winners, right? The, the number four and four W, you can download those four companies. I'll give you one of them just so you can understand. The company's name is Royal Gold and why I love it is because it does no mining at all. It is a royalty company and I just absolutely love that business model. Uh, if, if you understand, and I know you do, about yeah. uh, the advantages of royalties in the yeah, mining they, space, they they're superior. The, the miners, and they, they get royalties as gold comes up. They don't have to do any uh, mining themselves. And, and exactly, then, and also for a fixed price. So yeah. it, it doesn't matter if the price goes up, they still buy it at a, at a, at a cheap, low price preset. Um, and they, they don't do any of the mining. Right. Sorry? Okay, so that's gold. So let's talk briefly before the break about silver. What is the case yeah. for silver, and what would be a way to play that? So... Um, with silver, uh, again, it's in the, inside of that uh, wealthresearch.com forward slash 4W. The analysis, the company's name is called First Majestic. And it's the blue chip in terms of the mining, uh, in, the, in terms of the silver miners. Um, it, it's the purest miner in the world in terms of their components of silver. So in other words, silver is a byproduct. Of, uh, of mining. Most companies do not have directly silver mines because it's so cheap silver. It doesn't make sense to, to own uh, directly silver mines. You own it, uh, you mine it, you mine gold, and then there's some silver in it. You mine nickel, there's some silver in it. This company is the purest in terms of their silver components. So every time silver goes up, this company goes up multiples, multiples times of it. And um, you know the company founder and CEO is, is a guy named Keith Newmeyer. Uh, and he's already um, had $2 billion companies under his belt. So talking about serial winners, uh, this is as good as it comes. What is the uh, case so that's for why silver I particularly? I understand oh. that for gold with lower interest rates and deflation, yeah. but what is the case specifically 
for silver because it's more of an industrial metal. It is. It, it for for all intents and purposes, institutions, governments, banks do not uh, consider it to be money anymore. At least not in the past 30, 40 years. For the average person, though, uh, especially in countries that are outside of the U.S., so Asia, India, uh, China, it is still considered money because it's such a tight and small market. Whenever there's real demand, in not industrial demand, but investment demand, the price can really skyrocket. You've seen this in 2011. You saw it in, in the 1980s um, and, and basically in, in the late 70s. And if that sort of scenario happens again, then there's real money to be made. In fact, I'll tell you that uh, about the same time that I bought those uh, gold eagles, I I uh, used the options market. And in the options market, you can make hundreds of percent in terms of weeks uh, on yeah. call options. And that was an incredible, incredible uh, trade that I've done. You make hundreds of percent in, in terms of, of a week or two, Jordan. So that sort of a situation is unique to silver. It is like gold on steroids. So yeah, when, when that happens... Lower price and therefore it has more leverage to it is what you're saying. Yes, and, and because it's poor man's gold, it creates a situation where if there's an investment demand for precious metals, most people flock to silver because it's so much more affordable. Um, you can actually buy around 80 ounces of silver for one ounce of gold. So yeah. it, it, make, it makes so much sense if you are buying precious metals as a monetary hedge to go with silver uh, instead of gold. If you're buying jewelry, you know, if you're buying something that is industrial, then it, it, there's a world of difference. Uh, silver has thousands of industrial uses, while gold has probably a few. Yeah. Um, gold, but if you're using it as a monetary hedge, silver makes much more sense. And that's why you see every time that there's a catalyst in place, you see silver um, rallying much more com in comparison to gold. Yes, very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Lee Organs. He's the founder of Wealth Research Group. Uh, you can find out more at his website, wealthresearchgroup.com. He's also given you some special uh, reports, one slash epic, another one slash 4W for the, his four winners, and we'll be having more after the break as well. We'll be back after this. ClearBank is changing the way entrepreneurs raise money by providing equity-free capital. Co-founder Michelle Romano, who's the star of Canada's Dragon's Den TV show, which is a Canadian version of Shark Tank, co-founded ClearBank with their partner, Andrew D'Souza, after seeing how many companies are willing to part with precious equity in exchange for marketing money. ClearBank believes that founders shouldn't have to give up a piece of their company to fund marketing and inventory expenses. ClearBank can provide your company with $10,000 to $10 million without having to give up a stake in your firm. You get a term sheet with all the details in less than 20 minutes once you contact them. ClearBank charges a small flat fee for the capital and you pay them back by sharing in the revenue that your company generates by expanding its marketing. It's not a loan, there's no interest rate, no fixed maturity date, no personal guarantees, no credit checks, and no financial covenants. 
ClearBank also connects you to marketing agencies, e-commerce professionals, venture capitalists, accountants, and others to help your business grow. ClearBank invested over $150 million in 2018 and is on track to invest over $1 billion this year. Some notable companies that ClearBank has invested in are Public Goods, Lisa Sleep, and Latote. So if your business is generating over $10,000 a month in revenue, find out how you can qualify for ClearBank Capital by getting your term sheet in 20 minutes at clearbank.com slash answers. That's C-L-E-A-R-B-A-N-C dot com slash answers. ClearBank, getting back to doing what you love most, growing your business. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Lior Gens. He's the founder of the Wealth Research Group. You can find out more at his website, wealthresearchgroup.com. Welcome back to the show, Lior. Hey, thanks. So we've talked about China, we've talked about gold, we've talked about silver. Now, Bitcoin is another area that has been of great interest. It had a big rise, a big fall. It's had somewhat of a rise this year. Uh, what is your view on the outlook for Bitcoin in particular and the cryptocurrencies, and what's the best way to play them if you want to play the, the uh, cryptos? Um, well, I'll tell you, when, when Bitcoin, I think I, I told you this on, on the last time I was on the show, when Bitcoin fell from 20,000 um, per coin to about 3,500. That was an average bear market. So an average bear market is between 80 and 
And therefore, unless you had a notion that um, this is not coming back anymore, in other words, that this is not a bear market, but it's it's the end, then you had a really good chance of getting in there and um, and, and buying Bitcoin at, at the lows. And that's what we did around January. So we didn't know that uh, that it will rally about three to 300% and reach about um, 13,000 a coin by June. But we did know that after an 85% uh, move down, then you really are in chance where the bottom is is uh, is near. So that's what, one thing. And that, what has driven it up this year? So there are a number of, of hyped catalysts. So in other words, uh, catalysts that, that are not fundamental. And there are a number of fundamental ones. The fundamental ones are uh, problems that have been going on in, in, uh, in regions like Venezuela, Turkey, uh, Argentina, and um, in other regions where uh, Bitcoin is really helping people. And in other words, helping to function as money outside of the monetary system. And and that is one thing that uh, Bitcoin is, is really good at. Um, and, and obviously, it's been the same in China. So that's one thing that has driven it fundamentally. Some of the things that have been hyped are the launch of Bucked. Buck for, uh, was launched uh, last week. Very disappointing uh, thus far, but the idea is it's it's a custodian service for institutions. So it's the first time that an institution, a hedge fund, uh, etc., um, a, a pension fund can buy Bitcoin and have it stored uh, in a way that is as uh, legitimate as uh, buying stocks. And that's so, backed by the New York Stock Exchange, right? Back this is that is uh, that is owned by uh, the Intercontinental Exchange. Uh, I um, the ICE. ticker is uh, ICE, right. and that is the, also the owner of the New York Stock Exchange. That is correct. So it is a big, big player. Um, it, ha it it is a, it, it has a disappointing start to it. So not a lot of uh, demand so far in the first uh, week or so. And that was one catalyst that was creating this sort of a hype. There's also having, uh, having is H-A-L-V-I-N-G. So it's it's creating a situation where it's half the hash rate. And that's going to happen next year. And in anticipation of that, there's, there's clear demand. Um, because once that happens, then uh, you have a situation where uh, there's less supply of, of Bitcoin. So uh, people obviously getting um, Bitcoin in advance of that. So um, how would you invest in it? Would you go through one of the exchanges and how much would you put into it as a percentage of your portfolio, just roughly? Well, uh, right now it's much less interesting to me than it was when it was so clear at 3,500. So um, that is one thing the, uh, that is important. Uh, to note, the second thing is it, it's still more than 50% below its all-time high, so it, it is attractive to me, uh, to me in that regard. How I would buy Bitcoin? There, there are a number of ways to do it um, very simply. Uh, one is to open up uh, an account with one of the exchanges. Use, obviously, one of the three major ones. And then uh, go through the process of buying a cold storage wallet, uh, which is similar to a discount key, and make sure that you have uh, your password stored, etc. With that sort of a scenario, if you're uh, if you're comfortable with that, then I would do about one to two percent of your portfolio. 
And um, what are the three exchanges that you like that are the biggest ones? Well, it, it, it depends on, on the individual, but, but uh, uh, if you go to coinmarketcap.com, which is like the, the way that the, you can see all of this, uh, all of the thousands, it's actually 2,969 uh, different cryptocurrencies, and you click on Bitcoin, for example, if you want to buy Bitcoin, and then all you need to do is click on markets. Markets will get you to uh, which um, uh, exchange would be uh, the best to buy with. Uh, Binance is a big one. Uh, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, give out n- names without uh, people doing some research okay. on these. But, but obviously, uh, this uh, the big ones are known to everyone, and I think those are the best to use. Okay, so it's a speculative one to two percent of your portfolio. So we understand that. I want to switch to another area that you big, are big on is what you call the dividend aristocrats. So maybe okay. describe what dividend aristocrats are and why you like them as a, an asset class. So um, there are dividend achievers, dividend aristocrats, and dividend kings. Dividend achievers are companies that for the past 10 years have raised their dividends each and every year without fail. A dividend aristocrat is a company that has done that for 25 years, and a dividend king has done that for 50 uh, years or more. Um, the, the idea of a dividend that gets increased each and every year um, is an indicator of a competitive advantage that a company has. In other words, if a company is able to distribute back to the shareholders more and more uh, cash, which with each passing year, no matter who's in the Oval Office, no matter what the interest rates are, um, and no matter what disruptive technologies are out there, it means that it's a, a special company in terms of its competitive advantage. Now, do companies cheat, quote unquote, on their dividends? In other words, borrow money in order to pay dividends, etc. cetera? It, it happens. But uh, when you take a situation where there are companies that have done that for 25 years or more, um, then uh, it, you eliminate some of these uh, cheaters, quote unquote. So uh, the reason I love the aristocrats are that they're they're proven enough. In other words, there have been 25 years or more, uh, but they're not uh, 50 years or more. In other words, they're not these types of companies that grow about four to five percent a year, and they're just not interesting uh, over yeah. time. So these companies are small. Yeah. What would be some examples of dividend aristocrats, one or two that you would like that? You like their business, they've got a good long-term uh, history of raising dividends. Definitely. So let me tie that into uh, what I talked about before, which is companies that have um, been losers because of the uh, uh, trade war. So one company that is a dividend aristocrat and is a great company to look at right now is called Archer's Daniel Midland. Um, and the ticker for that, and obviously that is on my site, obviously. So if you go to the top menu of the Wealth Research Group site, you'll see one button that says dividends and another one that says uh, uh, um, uh, stock market wealth. You can look at both of these and those bo- uh, both point to companies that are dividend risk rates and why they're interesting uh, as investment um, vehicles. The one thing I really love about them is that they're fire and forget. 
In other words, if you do not look for day trading, if you if you look to buy a company and compound wealth over a period of 10 to 15 to 20 years and still beat the S&P 500, then these are the sort of companies that you look at. In other words, if you're really a part-time investor, you have two to three hours a week to read uh, about investment opportunities. These are uh, the companies that you would look at uh, if, you, if you're not doing straightforward just S&P 500 stuff. Uh, so Arch, uh, Daniel, uh, Archer Daniel Mindlin is a dominator in terms of foods. And because it's, it's, uh, uh, it's all about commodities and agriculture, um, it is very um, correlated to what's going on in global trade. And tariffs, obviously, have hurt it. So that's sure. why I took a position about uh, three weeks ago at uh, $38 a share. And I think uh, over time, that company is more than destined to double in the next two to three years in terms of price. Just one more dividend aristocrat before we go to the break. So uh, I'll give you a spin on the other side of the equation. There, there are companies that are usually priced for perfection because they're almost perfect companies. And most investors do not purchase them because they say, hey, the multiples here are so high. How can I make money, etc.? But uh, the... Uh, interesting thing about them is that they always keep on compounding at these multiples and so they actually beat the S&P 500 by a lot but they're always expensive but they're always going to be expensive if it makes sense um, many people have said I'm not going to buy Apple here I'm not going to buy Apple here and, and years and years go by Apple becomes a phenomenal investment opportunity but people just do not go in because it's expensive um, and I think some companies deserve that expensive label and they can really make a fortune. If you look at a company called A.O. Smith, A.O.Smith, and it's a company that, that has a very simple business model. It creates AC units for, for houses and for big complexes. Uh, if you look at that company and look at that chart over time, it's amazing. Um, it just suffered a 25% um, smackdown because of the uh, uh, the trade wars, yeah. and it's the first time it's suffered that sort of a big uh, slowdown in many, many years. I just took a position at around 47 a share. I think it's around 47 a share even as we're doing this interview, so it hasn't moved in the past two, three weeks, right. and that is a phenomenal company. Terrific. We got two dividend aristocrats, Archer Daniels Midland and A.O. Smith. We're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Lior Gans. He's the founder of the Wealth Research Group, which you can find out more about at wealthresearchgroup.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? 
Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Lior Gens. He's the founder of the Wealth Research Group. You can find out more at wealthresearchgroup.com. Welcome back to the show, Lior. Hey, thanks. So you've been spending some time in Europe. Uh, we talked earlier about how China is growing. It's going to become the largest uh, GDP in the world. What is your outlook for Europe? So, yeah, I, I definitely, I just spent, uh, I think, yeah, June till September. So I was in France, I was in Italy, I was in Spain, I was in Switzerland. Um, and, and one thing that uh, is important to, to note about Europe is the culture. Um, the European culture is very laid back, especially in the southern part of Europe. And in terms of their demographics, people uh, now are marrying very late and they like to have one or two kids at the most uh, because uh, the uh, uh, way of life is so um, first world, people live a lot. They, the the uh, people live, uh, for example, in, in, in Greece or in Italy, uh, they have one of the, the, uh, the most um, longevity, right? Is it's the word in English? Population. They've got a demographic problem. Not enough young people. You're saying. N- not only not enough young people, but the uh, uh, not only do they not have enough young people, that the uh, the reprocreation is very slow. Uh, there have they have a, a centenate. They have a very large group of uh, retirees, and yeah. so the tax burden is uh, incredible. Um, but not only that, the the culture is such that they now like to rely on tourism uh, more than anything else, and that is obviously very cyclical and seasonal, yeah. and they do not have the same mentality as they, they as Europe had in the uh, in the industrial revolution time. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things you're going to keep seeing from Europe is uh, this sort of a, a mentality. There are pockets here and there. Switzerland is obviously an amazing pocket. Uh, Germany is, is uh, very robust, uh, but it faces a lot of issues. About one, uh, one in every eight uh, Germans work, uh, works either directly or indirectly for the car industry, and their car industry is very late to the electrical uh, electric vehicle um, uh, I, I wouldn't even say trend. It's uh, the electrical yeah. electric vehicle revolution, um, and so that's going to impact them. And what do you they think are, is going to happen with Brexit? Who knows? Um, it's, it's a major it's so, impact on Europe. It is, 
It is a it is in, um, a major impact, not just because of Britain, but because of the effect that it can create with other countries that would say, hey, I don't think this union is is good for us either, and it will force other countries to uh, go out of it as well. Um, so I think that is the major uh, key to it. So would you but, be investing in Europe? I mean, with this culture and this demographic problem, are there investment opportunities in Europe or, or better ones there, else? I actually do not like Europe that much uh, in terms of uh, the investment opportunities that, that are in there in terms of their stock markets. I I do like uh, real estate in Europe in many countries. I've looked at real estate and some I've invested uh, mostly in rentals. Uh, Europe is a very rental-oriented uh, continent. Uh, people there uh, can rent for their entire lives. They, they, they do not subscribe to that. American dream mentality where they must have a house yeah. and um, that has looked interesting in many uh, different times. Uh, Europe is, is a continent that has a lot of recessions and a lot of slowdowns. So just be very um, selective and patient and there are many opportunities. If, if you cannot buy outright or you don't have the time to go to Europe, you don't have the time to really look at real estate, you can look at either REITs or companies that own land and own real estate, et cetera, especially in the, on the London Stock Exchange. Um, but I know many, many Americans are, um, you know, this, that's going to be proven too difficult for them. So I think they can stick to many REITs that uh, trade on, on the U.S. Stock Exchange and offer opportunities in niche markets, markets that you can never buy properties yourself. Um, Why don't you give us an example of, say, two REITs that you would like? So, uh, I, I think if you look at REITs that have a lot of success, they are mostly in uh, areas that investors find it hard to invest in themselves. I'll give you an example. If you want to rent office space to the U.S. government, then it's very hard to become uh, a real estate investor in that niche. But there, are, there's a specific company that actually does that, a REIT that actually does that, for example. Uh, it's called Gov, the, the ticker is Gov, uh, like G-O-V for government. Yeah. There are REITs in, in, the, uh, in the retail space, and that's great because, uh, because of this end of retail fed, uh, the people think that uh, there's, not, there's not gonna be any more retail uh, malls, et cetera, um, which is obviously un not true. The, the retail space, Especially in Europe, Jordan, uh, where I've been, it's uh, rejuvenating. What companies are doing right now with their stores is they're trying to give you an experience. You're yeah. not just going to come in and shop. You're going to have a blast doing that. And that's what they're trying to, to so compete would, with online. In the retail area that you would like? Well, you can look at the realty income, for example. The ticker is O, just yeah. the, the letter O. Um, and if you look at healthcare, there are great REITs as well because they own either nurseries or um, or hospitals, etc. I like HCP, for example. Uh, the companies that the, these three companies that uh, I just uh, gave to you, those are not companies that I like particularly now. They're not something that I would look at as an opportunity. At this given point, all of them have just uh, traded above their 52-week highs. So yeah, they just broke. Long-term play. But in, ge 
but in general if you if you track the companies and you you do the research and you find the valuation that you like the company at these are great companies to hold over time i don't yep. think a lot of investors know this but since 1999 the best performing asset class in the world has been rates with 9.9 a year yeah better than Yes. Uh, we, we're about um, so. to close. I just want to get a brief view on the U.S. election next year. Uh, just for the moment, let's say it's President Trump against Elizabeth Warren, something like that. Wh what do you think might happen and what would be the impact on the markets uh, either way? So I think one thing that's uh, amazing about what Trump has done, most presidents start or bo most candidates start their um, uh, their campaign trail and, and start, uh, to raise money about a year uh, before the elections. Trump has done that since the day he came into office. He has a lot, he has 75 times the average of what the candidates have at this point uh, in the campaign trail. So he is really cashed up uh, and he can do many things. And, uh, you know, for a 70 plus year old man, he has a, he has strong genes. He goes everywhere. And I think his rallies are working. The media is really against him. Uh, in fact, I wrote an entire report about that. If you go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash media um, for an outsider, because I'm not an American, to watch American TV, it almost seems like it's a, it's a joke it, because it looks so um, not, not real. Yeah. It's not reporting. It, it looks uh, sort of disingenuous, uh, even let's, fake. Let's, the other side. Let, let's um, say somebody like Elizabeth Warren gets elected. We have about two minutes to go. What do you think would happen yeah. to the markets? Oh, um, <laughs> the markets would not like uh, that sort of a situation. They would be shocked and surprised if uh, so much of the uh, voters, 140 million voters, uh, are going to vote uh, around around that number. If if uh, the ideas proposed by Elizabeth Warren are popular in America, it speaks volumes towards where America's going. And uh, the markets will definitely not like that. Uh, the markets have really liked Trump until he put the tariffs on. And uh, that's because of deregulation, tax cuts, etc. And I think when uh, the, the trade deal uh, will be finalized, uh, that is sort of the big hovering cloud uh, on the markets, if when that's done, the markets will really rally. Um, the cash levels right now around the. What is your prediction of what's going to happen in the election a year from now, roughly? Uh, um, I think he will win. I think Trump will win, um, unless there's a really a major economic problem in the next 12 months, which I don't see personally. But if that happens, that's the only. Uh, thing that will really uh, put him in in, uh, uh, in a situation where it's risky for him. Otherwise, I think that uh, the jobs market is so good and he has helped and delivered on promises. So when he starts doing the campaign trail, he's going to name all the things that he's done that he yeah. promised doing. And I think that will really help him. Terrific. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Lee Gans. He's the founder of the Wealth Research Group. You can find out more about him and his many ideas on all these different topics at wealthresearchgroup.com. 
Thanks so much for being a great guest on the Money Answer Show, Lior. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.